When I was gone in August, did we change fake fire to false fire? You guys have yes. been saying false fire recently, and I'm like, what's happening? Did someone get upset by fake fire? Enough people have that we've changed it. Really? False to, I think, false fires equates more like eyelashes. Fake to a false fire feels more like we're calling you disingenuous. What if we call them a wrong water? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever wondered why it is that we do what we do and who we do it with? Then this is a podcast for you. An exploration of human beings through systemic psychology and Unani biotypes. With Rodrigo Garcia Platas, Ross Everett, and Brian McElhaney. This is Biotypical. Hey! I know you like how, how words form. I have a great one about baseball. Do you know about the term southpaw, meaning left-handed person? Might be an American No, term. that's a really good one because they use it in box too. What is it? Yeah, southpaw. So it means you're a left-hander. The yeah. reason is baseball stadiums back in the day, they're built so the outfield is north. And the reason why is because most people are right-handed. And when mm. you're right-handed, you stand at the plate and you face east. Now, the sun sets in the west, and most games are kind of in the afternoon or night. So they made it so uh, most people are facing east, so the sun is not in their eyes. However, left-handers, they have to have the sun in their eyes. They stand on the other side of the plate, and their left hand is facing south, meaning they're southpaw. So that's how it happened. Wow. That, I am so going to use that. That's an amazing, that's an amazing piece of information, Mark. Isn't, that, isn't that fun? proud of you. Thank you so much. That was so good. Um, and hopefully that's real and not one of those smacking the beaks off thing. Um, no, no, no. Just made oh. It up. <laughs> oh, you bet. It better be real. I don't want to get more emails about us saying something inaccurate. I heard it once and it sounded so nice. I've just kept, you know, like when someone tells you something and you're like, that sounds so good. I don't even want to fucking Google it. I just want to say it to a lot of people. That's what that is. <laughs> I just want to say it to a lot of people and hope that it's true. And have them go, wow, really? And I go, yeah. And they go, cool. Thank you for that experience of saying that to me. I'm like, that's so much better. <laughs> History.com validates Brian's explanation yes nice that was a really good explanation brian you should like do seminars and shit of how well how left-handed people came to be yeah welcome yep. to the quickest seminar in the entire world <laughs> it's worth 10 bucks and it's it's worth every penny oh let me announce the thing i'm gonna announce what's, the thing oh, the thing what's the thing the, the, the thing? thing well we talked about doing a seminar brian will be doing a seminar oh yes. who is brian mackelaney I'm doing what? You're doing a seminar. Mr. Marbles. On what? Saturday, October 22nd at 5.30 p.m. in Santa Monica, Brian will be leading a seminar called Biotypical Live. I'm the leader of it? Yes, you are. Okay. I'll be the MC. We are going to have our second ever live event, but this one is a live recording of our podcast, Biotypical Live. I almost called it Biotypical Unhinged. Biotypical Live <laughs> happening Saturday, October 22nd at 5.30 p.m. at the Santa Monica Playhouse Theater. Comedy, music, and you wouldn't believe it if we told you. Join the Biotypical Gang as they strut their stuff in front of a live audience. Are you reading well, something? I am, yeah, I'm reading. Of, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sound like you're reading it. <laughs> yeah. This Saturday on NBC, join the Biotypical Podcast for an evening of unhinged lunacy held together by a fragile string of psychological interactions with live performances from comedians, what? Is musicians, that what it says? and more. Yes. <laughs> a fragile string of psychological interactions? Yes. 
the, the thing we're most known for is the fragile string, putting it all I together. Ha- I hate to, to break this to you, Brian, but that's always been a very fragile string in this podcast. <laughs> the psychological interaction. Are you kidding me? We like as the person that is like the fragile string that goes, "Hey, Rodrigo, can we get back to the psychological interactions?" We're like <laughs> eagles are smacking their beaks off on mountains. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, uh, let's dive into relationship problems. <laughs> I see. I'm trying to put the metaphor together in my Dania head. says, do we need to discuss the One Direction episode? Yes. <laughs> no. No. We, here's what we no. do. The, the, no. let, me, let me tell you this. The live show will be us just playing and listening to the One Direction episode. No. And no, it then won't. We go, then we Ryan, go don't home. Don't say that. No, it won't. Uh, what? What? Well, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me add this because we, we're doing a back-to-back. So, yes, we are doing this incredible biotypical live. And after a 30-minute meal break, we will be doing the secret what to mastering relationships. Did you say meal break? I had a stroke, and I feel like I'm really upset that you pointed that out. I'm sorry. What did you uh, end your sentence by saying, Ross? I forget now, but I will, I'll start it over again to say that after a 30-minute meal break, um, from <laughs> I swear you're gonna, not getting that word right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's how I learned it growing up. Maybe it's like an East Coast West Coast thing, it's like Probably. red vines and Twizzlers. I just want to know, Ross, why your voice started going like this as you were. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I feel like you guys are bringing up things that I haven't wanted to talk about. R- Rodrigo, this is the shadow <laughs> area of my what, life the that moon I yank? choose not to discuss. Yeah, the moon yank. <laughs> So the secret to mastering relationships is a master crash course in identifying what elements of relationships draw you in, keep you in, and what it may be time to kick out. So Uh we're going to be doing a hybrid course of everything that biotypical is, this this podcast that you're listening to, in a live format, and then after a meal break – oh, shoot, I said that weird that time – after a meal break, we're going to have – a master crash course in using information to help you identify relationships. And this stemmed from, I, I went to an event and I think I probably talked about it on the podcast where it was like a dating uh, workshop and yeah. but Rodrigo, we needed to be there. Like we, we, oh we re- like it was just, it was one. And, and so many people were in the audience getting value from it. And I realized we need to do something that, that actually gives people like real genuine information about how, how to, navigate relationships which is absolutely your specialty and i will say this tickets if you want to do both of them are under a hundred dollars oh my god why are they so cheap it is under a hundred dollars for both of them because is it because of the economy a bit but also (laughs) to see a room full of people (laughs) to see like a real room full of people who want to go to this thing but like maybe price is an issue yeah uh it's just more important to have the room packed i agree you're gonna get way more than your money's worth on this 100 it's it's gonna be an incredible 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 evening it's gonna be a lot of fun we've got some special guests coming to perform comedy and music uh, during the biotypical thing. And then uh, afterwards, we're going to do some really awesome exercises around relationships. So get your tickets now. Link is down in the, in the show notes for this episode, as well as in the, the link in the bio of the Instagram account. 
and uh, go go check out at RGP Development on Instagram. You guys can get this. And Jess is like, I'm going to be in New York on the 22nd. Well, uh, you'll have fun in New York as well, but we don't we don't need to know that because we're going to be in Los Angeles. Not we're as much fun Monica. as Oz Jazz. I know. Like we're <laughs> going to have an absolute blast. <laughs> oh, and Jess, I didn't know you were going to be with Denise. That's amazing. Say hello to her from us. We love her. All right. Without further ado, we've announced the big thing. It's officially out there. Fantastic, y'all. We've got our listener question episode today, and we've got some fantastic questions from people that are asking us, hey, guys, I'm confused about biotypes. I want to know about biotypes. I've taken so many personality tests and yet I don't get this whole nature versus nurture. Like what's a three Enneagram compared to a sanguine? How does it work? So the, this first question is, how are biotypes different from other personality tests? Oh God. Okay, Brian, go for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> biotypes like define almost what the personality test is gonna be. It's like the core thing that then sets up it's like when you take a personality test, you're often like, like answering questions that are already kind of answered by a lot of what biotypes are. Biotypes are told by your hormonal structure, uh, by how you look, and then personality types are how you act, which is a mix of that and some other things that have happened in your life. So maybe biotypes is almost like a building block to a personality test. Wow, that, that was that was really insightful. It, well, hold on, but we need to correct it just because it's not hormonal. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's, yeah, what is it? It was it was well said. It's biological. Well, it's it's I know I know, and hormones are part of biology. But but what, well, I was looking for another word, and I think I said hormonal. It's well, it's, I my theory, but it was is hormonal because it, it's like you know your hormone of let's say testosterone builds your body in a certain it is way. Hormonal. Which then is, You're right. But the problem is, until we run all the tests that we want to run in order to validate, okay, that's not yeah, the right so, word. Yeah, Nina would be yeah. so mad at me for saying that. Exactly. Uh, Nina yeah. would be losing it right now. Yes. So let me, let me take a jab at this. That, that was really good, though. <laughs> it is true. Like, biotypes are your psychophysiology. And we've been working on this for a really long time. We know who people are just by looking at them. And it turns out that if you actually pay attention to nanny tip medicine, which is what we base our, our information on, um, we can predict so many things about who you are and your health and how you feel in different situations and what weather is good for you and what weather is not and what food you should avoid and why you are the way you are in relationships. And then on top of that, you have a personality. The big difference is this. Your biology doesn't change. Um, Even if you gain weight, lose weight, uh, gain muscle, lose muscle, your basic biological structure does not change. And if you understand that, if you understand that first building block, as Brian very well put it, of who you are, then your personality and everything you've created in your life makes so much sense. So the reason why people bring up nature versus nurture so much, and I, I go very deep um, explaining this in the in Biotypes Basics that you can purchase right now, um, I actually start explaining how in history, when we fell in love with our minds, um, the card said something, I think therefore I am. We validated the human existence through our ability to think. And because of psychoanalysis uh, and the amazing work that, that Freud did, um, we fell in love with the idea that we're all born as a, as a clean slate, that, that we're all a blank canvas and the experiences that we have define who we are. But that's not true. 
We already know that that's not true, that there are so many more components. There's another component that I want to add to this, because when, when people go online and they take a personality test, such as Enneagram or, or, or um, I almost called it MSRP, <laughs> they, they, um, uh, they go online, they take a, the personality test, like, like 16 personalities or Enneagram, what that can tell you is something along the lines of maybe the way in which you you perceive the world or you perceive yourself or how you wish to perceive yourself. But what's been so fascinating to me about biotypes is there's an element of not just how you perceive yourself, but how you came into this world with that temperament. And and mm -hmm. I haven't seen a personality test that can nail down temperament in the way that biotypes can. Oh, because there is none. If I take an Enneagram test and they're like, you're a two, you like to be alone, or you like to, you know, you, you function well within a team, that tells me nothing about my adaptability elements, mm -hmm. nothing about the way that I approach or withdraw something, nothing about my sensitivity threshold, because there are certain people that are like, uh, you know, I like to be alone, but it's like, at what at what stage do you like to be alone? What's your threshold of wanting to be alone? Mm -hmm. So the bio, biotypes can tell you this temperament. And temperament is, is made up of quality of mood, distractibility, intensity of emotional response, sensitivity thresholds, approach or withdrawal styles, persistence or attention span, activity level, biological regularity, and adaptability, which I don't know any personality test that encapsulates that or, or includes that in their their results i can give everybody a very specific example of this um there's no personality test that justifies why you go to the bathroom the amount of times that you do a day biotypes does that because we actually understand the metabolic process that people are going through depending on their biotype i don't know if that's what we <laughs> i just love the idea it's like, <laughs> someone's like why do i shit so much all right enft nope yeah. that didn't answer it <laughs> <laughs> But we can go even into that, which is amazing. We can. And, and that, that was the thing of, of, you know, when I was first learning how to read biotypes and like, there are so many people that go, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love being it. But, but when you're just meeting someone's personality, you go, yeah, okay. But when you know that, that there's that biotype personality element, like which parts of you are biological, which parts of you are nature and which parts of you are the, are the nurture. Um, and, and one of the most impressive things I ever did is I met a melancholic and melancholics by nature are, are headsy. They're, 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 some would call them introverted by nature. They're going to be more in an observer position. Mm -hmm. And he was so outgoing and I was able to look at him and I'd say, you learned your extroversion. And he was like, how did you know that? Because his biology is not naturally yes. that way. So if something, yes. if someone is showing up in a certain way, take our dear friend Brian, for example, his mm. extroversion wasn't like he came into the world as the loudest kid that wanted all the attention. That was something that he acquired with his personality. Yes. I acquired it very young. Mm -hmm. Apparently, in my kindergarten class, my nickname, my mom told me this, was Wild Man. <laughs> but that was because of the chest hair. That's right. Yeah. And the but I was, I was five, and apparently I was just like nuts. Um, so I don't know. I don't know why that happened so young. Well, yeah, that's interesting. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not, and we don't want to open that door right now. All right. What? That's a bad door? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand. All right. 
All right, all right. It's totally normal that you're like that, Brian. But okay. it's true that it's not normal for your biology. So the way people are going to react to a skinny, melancholic kid being extremely like extroverted about everything, of course, they give you a nickname. I'm a sanguine. I was completely, completely outgoing when I was a kid. And no one gave me a nickname because there's nothing interesting about a sanguine little boy being loud and running around like crazy. That's just yeah. a, a normal sanguine little boy. I almost feel the opposite would happen. I'd be like, oh, that fucking stocky kid just yelling at everyone. Shut <laughs> exactly. him up. Yeah. People are used to that. It's normal. We, we've got some other questions that I, that I want to dive into because, it, like, first of all, our patrons have submitted questions uh, for this week. Oh, which first, is what, I, yeah. I want to share something really, really bad. Bad? Uh, wait, you mean like you want to share it badly or it's I a bad thing that you want to share? I want to share it badly. It's not a bad thing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how you both relaxed at the same time. Like, okay. <laughs> Not dropping bombs right now. So uh, I taught a samurai game in Mexico City last weekend. And I, have one of, I had one of those amazing biotype like moments because there was a sanguine woman in my room. It's probably the fifth time in my life that I've had a sanguine woman in my room. She was clearly not from Mexico City. She, she, was, she was actually from Guadalajara. Um, if you're listening, we love you. Um, but I asked her for permission to share a little bit of this. But we had one of those magical moments with a sanguine woman of pulling her aside and saying, everything you've judged about yourself is actually absolutely normal and there's nothing wrong with you. And we started going into... Your impulsiveness is normal. The amount of strength that you have is normal. How big you are physically is absolutely normal. The fact that you cannot like commit with certain things and always have eight projects at the same time is absolutely normal. But then I looked her straight into the eye and I said, and your sex drive is absolutely normal. And you should never compare it with anyone else's because your biology has an extremely high sex drive. And of course, she just cried on my shoulder like for 10 minutes. Um, like the way sanguine women judge themselves when they're not in a sanguine country because of who they are is mind blowing. And I love being able to give them back the gift of knowing that who they are is absolutely okay. I wonder, because I, I remember you telling us a similar story about how like sanguine women have burst into tears when you've talked about the sex drive. I, I think that exists more in the bursting into tears reaction, I should say. Yeah. In uh, religious cultures. Oh, 100 percent phlegmatic and religious. Yes, because mm -hmm. here, like to be like your sex drive is normal. They're like, yeah, I like, like, yeah. I, I'm I a queen. Like, I'm liberated. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, um, in California, in Cal, yeah, 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 in California or maybe New York or anywhere that has like the internet culture of like the sexual liberation front. Oh, what a cool band name that would be. Uh, Sexual Liberation Front. Yes. All right. I'll so, be the, so, in, the lead singer. This is such a weird topic, but can I just uh, divert to a dream I had last night? <laughs> I love I'm this gonna, podcast. I'm gonna Only if you it. want to share it badly. How badly do you, you want to share it? You guys see why the psychology is a fragile string, right? It's a fragile string. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I see what that means now. Yeah. I just want to say, because you know how you always like forget, you, some dreams you forget immediately and some they're like, you get for a few hours and they're gone. Yes. I feel like this might be gone in a few hours. So uh, you said, uh, if you grew up in a, like a religious household, I had a dream last night. This is so weird, this dream, where like, I was walking down the street and there was like a Jesus freak person, like who's going to be like, oh. hey, do you like Jesus? Can I talk to you about Jesus? They were on the street. And in the dream, I was like, I'm just going to pretend I've never heard of Jesus. 
And so I walked up and they were like, hey, it was like Jesus, I forget, like saved your no, life. Or they something. tell you, have you heard the good news? And I, I was that what they do? Well, not in my dream. They're like, have like <laughs> you let Jesus into your soul. And I went, who? And Jesus. And I was like, who's that? And then they were confused I didn't know. And then I remember in the rest of the dream, I kept going like, okay, hold on. So this Janice guy, and I kept going, Jesus. And I kept calling, I kept just calling him Janice to the person just to annoy them. And they got pretty annoyed. So that's what I remember from my dream. Which is a pretty, f- I maybe want to try that. Um, like I, the idea of calling Jesus Janice is really funny to me. That is. And also this Janice guy this is, is okay, so really this is, wait, funny. So this Janice guy did what? Like, okay, no, wait, sh- wait. For all of our phlegmatic Catholic and Christian audience, I am so sorry that Marbles just called Jesus Janice. Uh, <laughs> this is just a joke. I, He's just a comedian. You cannot <laughs> judge him for this. I mean, it was okay, a dream. I didn't. It's not a joke. It's just it, <laughs> I have been deep in my subconscious. You know, <laughs> we have a, a very strong like Mexican listenership. Yes, we do. That's why I'm making this statement yeah, because the, we have a the, lot of spits like English speaking Mexicans. I want to, to apologize I mean, to all of our Mexican what? listeners about how you if you've been using this podcast to learn English, I am deeply sorry for the times that you are going to use some of our phrases and people are going to be like, what are you talking about? All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, Thank you for letting me have that little. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was very funny, Brian. Like smack your beak. Yeah. Like smack your beak. Yes. You guys, I love what we've done with smack your beak off. And uh, me too. Uh, it is. <laughs> we're going to have to. beak off. There's going to be one eagle that's like, you know what? I'm going to break my beak off on some rocks and, and vindicate these guys. Okay. So this. W- I, I wanted to say that, like, normally when I, when we post, hey, guys, listener questions or, you know, submit your things, it's a string of individual questions. But this this listener questions uh, post has become, like, a conversation almost amongst the uh, – uh, amongst our patrons who are saying, like – Here's a here's a question I have, and the people are like, oh my god, that's a great question, and also I'm gonna add this one onto it. So we have like a string of a dozen, but <laughs> I'm I'm jumping into midstream, and this is from Jessica, who's piggybacking off of Dania's question of how do you know if your environment is not supporting you, or oh. you are not supporting your environment, and. Dania, are you here? Because I, I kind of want you to elaborate on this a little bit. Is this why we were receiving all those emails this morning of more questions over the same question? And yes. All the comments on Patreon? Yeah. It's, um, it, 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 the, the, the thread was blowing up in a way yeah, that I, I saw it. I've never. Look, guys, I don't know what's going on energetically, even though I, I, oh, I can chalk this up to. It, has things not been it's, chaotic listen, for you? It's Listen, Janice is stirring the pot. <laughs> And life is again. I'm sorry to our Mexican phlegmatic audience, <laughs> but but like these past two weeks have been insane. Like, In what way? honestly, I I just feel like there is like a communication breakdown between my brain and my mouth, and it's just been <laughs> so frustrating. And I've been like laid up, like I had a, a meeting with Rodrigo and I had to be lying on a couch. I've been in so much physical pain, it's getting better, but I'm sitting up now, but like, it, it just feels like things have been like, oh, here's a twister of everything that, that can go wrong, enjoy it. All right, so Dania, tell us about who's calling you toxic and abusive. 
Well, hello, Dania, first of all. Hello. Hi, guys. Good evening. Hi, Brian. It's been Hi. a while. I've missed you so much. You too. Hi. It's nice to be back and see you again. Nothing for me? Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you answered a few emails, I would miss you too. Marvels, have you been answering emails? <laughs> yeah, it's more what I do. DMs. <laughs> I, I, I DM him occasionally. Actually, you know what? I take that back. You owe me a dub smash. Brian. I owe you a dub smash from Encanto. Yeah. Yes, I know. From Encanto. There you yeah. go. So okay. where are my words? <laughs> I miss you so much, Rodrigo. I cannot Me wait for DYB next you. month. <laughs> okay. Um, so what happened was the person, I think it was a, the last listener question when I was like, how do you work with this sanguine? That same sanguine now has found me abusive uh, oh. from me trying to give feedback. So, again, I work at a, a ballroom studio now where we teach uh, social dancing. And he's been taking lessons here longer than I have. But I picked it up faster than he has because he's a sanguine and his body doesn't move right. And I'm a phlegmatic <laughs> and my body just moves. Doesn't so, move right. <laughs> That's how I always think when I watch Rodrigo walk. I'm like, that doesn't move right. I, I realize that me putting my face in my hands is not being like registered over an audio platform. But when she said his body doesn't move right, I'm like, I work so hard that when we talk about biotypes, no one's like, well, that's the wrong biotype. And Dinia comes on and she's like, this broken ass sanguine is like <laughs> unable to function because of his biology and I'm beautiful and free. It's just like, yeah, oh, Dinia, I just wanted to know that all the sanguines listening to this episode will never dance again. Yeah. Okay. So we're apologizing to Mexican diplomatics, all sanguines. <laughs> I didn't say he was a bad dancer. I just said it doesn't move right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's a good okay. enough okay. He's a good dancer when he smiles. Dania, yeah. We're just not yeah. graceful. Sanguins are not graceful. We're strong. Yeah. We're powerful. Yeah. We're not graceful. There you go. If you make a like a comedy sketch or something where there's a bunch of like dancers and you want to have the one dancer that like can't keep up and is like kind of falling over, you get a sanguine. That's what well, you do. Well, so there's there's <laughs> Kelodactyl. And um, Kausha something or other, I forget Kausha's name, but there's this phlegmatic sanguine, uh, uh, like they're, they're friends on Instagram, they are in TikTok as well, they do dancing reels. And if you want to see the difference between the way a phlegmatic dances and the way that a sanguine dances, watch it. Because Kausha is explosive, yeah. but Kelly is graceful. It's like Megan. The, the reason Megan Bethune is amazing when she dances is because she's powerful and very like, uh, like rigid and powerful with her movements, and she creates this amazing positions. I love her dancing, but she dances yeah. in a in a sanguine way. Okay, she does. So I found you guys through Megan Bethune, so like I get the difference between like how it's going to look when he does a certain move, and it's very that. It's just that he's powerful, like, you know, the bone density and everything like so that. So are too. you already learning why your feedback to him may have been taken in the wrong way? I mean, maybe, <laughs> but... So I don't a, a talk to context, him like that. A little context for our listenership. Dania is, is a false fire. Um, a I, I, wait, can I, yes. can I stop one second? When I was gone in August, did we change fake fire to false fire? You guys have yeah. been saying false fire recently. And I'm like, what's happening? Fake, fake fire. Keep up, Brian. <laughs> yeah. uh, what did you do? The term fake carries an, uh, um, um, a harder connotation than the word did false. Did someone in, get in, in, upset by fake fire? Enough people have that we've changed it. Really? Yes. Because when you, when, especially when people offended? are first, well, yeah, when people are first <laughs> finding out their biotype, and you, go, I guess that's the people to get offended. Oh, you're a you're a fake fire. They go, I'm not fake, and then it's like, okay, 
we got to take a couple of breaths and a step back. But when we talk to them, we go, oh yeah, like you're a false fire. False to, I think false fires equates more like eyelashes. Fake to a false fire feels more like we're calling you disingenuous. What if we call them a wrong water? <laughs> 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 Boiling wrong water fire. would make more sense. Uh, acid water. Uh, apologies to all wrong waters out there as well. Uh, Jesus Christ. All, all wrong waters, all sanguines in the world, and on, on all Mexican phlegmatic Catholics. <laughs> so, Dania, you're giving well, feedback. Yeah, I just, well, let me explain how. So, we're in like the thing, we're dancing, let's say, for instance, like a tango or something like that. And the structure of the dance is that you're supposed to be very upright. It's the man's dance. So I will say, stand up, just short and sweet, just stand up straight. And it'll happen again. So I'll say it again, stand up straight. And it's not just him. I do it with all my students, but I think he's the only one who's taken real offense. to. You're not using any of the advice that we gave you. <laughs> oh, what happened with the shit sandwich? Rodrigo, that's exhausting. Of course he hates you. You're not giving him the shit sandwich. You don't use any of the advice the we give you. I gave him the shit sandwich. I gave it to him, but I can't do that. I, all the time. Yes, it's all the, all the time. time. In the same way we need to be extremely careful with false fire emotions. All the time, not only once a month. Really? Yes. So, okay. <laughs> okay, let me continue then. And let's confirm a few more things. Because... <laughs> Yes, he's called me abusive and he's like, well, I, you don't treat anybody else this way. And I'm like, I swear to God, I'm treating everybody the same way. And he's like, well, I can just sense your attitude. Like you have an attitude around me. And it's like, you don't really want to help me. And I was like, well, but you do it's not you that. even have it yeah. right now talking about him and he's not even here. The attitude he's referencing. Yeah. Help. What am I doing? I'm <laughs> I don't know if you're on? attracted to this guy or hate him. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the, the gotcha. So he's gone from calling me bubbly to calling me abusive. So we met as students. We had a little traumatic compatibility. I do not like him because uh, I, I will be nice. I just don't like him. So we still have to work together. I, I can still be nice and everything. And I think that I am. But now I'm abusive. I, I, I want to weigh in on Dania's saying it's exhausting and you are so not wrong. It is like it, I am so offended. What this, to do a shit sandwich? Here's what I mean by exhausting. Here's <laughs> wait, what, what I mean by exhausting. Wait, what are we just, talking about being exhausting? Doing this shit sandwich or uh, light? Just the, I, light. I have to keep remembering. I have to recall that this is a sanguine who I I have to be not careful, but he draws his experience based on mine. So if I'm being short mm -hmm. and rigid with him all the time, like he's gonna feel like okay, chill. And he tells me that he's like, just relax, chill out. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. I just want it to look right because you're an instructor now. Like you have to have a certain look to you as an instructor. Like they're looking to you to be polished and everything. And that's what they told me too. So I'm just trying to relay the message employee to employee or coworker to coworker. And he's just taking a lot of offense from it because I'm not delivering the shit sandwich every time or I'm not as bubbly as I once was around him because now I'm at work. I'm not just carefree enjoying this the company. This is the side of Dania. Have you guys noticed? I, but this, yeah, is who, yeah. this is who she is around. Ever. She's just getting yeah. comfortable with us. Yeah. But here, here's something mm -hmm. that like, I, I want to elaborate on my it is exhausting. And mm -hmm. especially, I'm trying to think if, I, if I, I'm about to say, especially for phlegmatics, and I'm like, is that correct? But either way, I'm, I'm going to say it, and, and yeah, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. But this is where self-care 
is so important. Because if you haven't been taking care of yourself, you do not have the bandwidth to show up for others in the ways in which they may need you. And especially if you are in a teacher position. Oh so God, like, that is so profound and true, Ross. It is, it is like, I get to be here for others, right? If, if we look at this as like some sort of a, a giant, you know, or a, 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 a microcosm of a giant example of how our world works, right? We all want to be kind to people. We all want to speak to people in the way in which they hear. But if we do not have the bandwidth to say, I'm dealing with my own shit and you came and you're bringing, your, you, you're bringing this energy that I have no bandwidth left to deal with, I'm going to throw myself at you in the way in which I'm just like uncalculated. This is my true and honest reaction. When you're living out of reaction, it's because you don't have the bandwidth to say like, no, I'm going to take a moment, ground myself and say, you're right. And going that extra mile to say, I'm going to speak to you in the way in which you need to be spoken to or in the way in which you can hear is only something people can do when they're not running on fumes. Mm-hmm. So... Like, this is what it means to live in a responsible world. And when people talk about, like, my self-care is my responsibility, this this is what they mean. Where if you are not well, if you are not excellent, if you are not taking care of yourself and then somebody comes and throws a, you know, what feels like throws a dagger at you, you're going to be like, cool, claws out and I'm going to eviscerate you. And, and mind you, I'm being hyperbolic in this, in this instance. But when we are taken care of, when we are rested, when we are fed, when we are nurtured, those daggers or those things don't hit us in the way that they would if we were like already at our wits end. Not to say that that's where you were, but let's call wits end to fully refueled as the spectrum. You know, if you're anywhere, you know, over the, the middle needle towards wits end, boy, watch out other people, like whether you're driving or whether you're teaching a dance class. Rodrigo's got his finger cocked. He's ready to go. Leash. Thank leash. you. Yes. His finger is what? Cocked. For some reason, he chose to say that word. And um, for everybody listening, what Ross just gave you is actually one of the most important secrets in parenting. Because as a parent, it's very easy to be on edge. And if you have a toddler you're, or a baby, your toddler and your baby need attention 24-7. And if you're not making sure that you're being cared for too, you're going to snap at that baby like crazy. And we see it happen all the time. And the thing is, it's absolutely normal. If you had a stressful day, have no no space to get to care for yourself, no space to rest yourself. Uh, and then the baby starts like, mommy, 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 mommy. You're just going to snap at them because you don't, you just don't have the bandwidth and the well-being in order to be present for them. Yeah. I feel like, um, Janine, I got a phone call. Uh, I feel like, uh, the one thing I, you hear, especially from like over caretakers is like, well, how can I take care of myself? I have so many other people to take care of. And the yeah. truth is you can't take care of other people until you take care of yourself. It's yep. like, it's a, a paradox. It's one of those places where that really applies. Like I hate it when I, when I hear people say, uh, you can't love others until you love yourself. False. We all know people that love others more than they love themselves. Honestly, but you cannot care for other people unless you're caring for yourself. That is like written in stone. The love yourself Sorry. one, that shit is so vague and it makes yes. me so mad when people are like, don't find love in another partner. That's not what life's about. It's about you have to find completeness in yourself and love for yourself. And then after you do that, then someone else can come in. And like, that's, that was the advice given to me when I was like 24. And I was like, okay, 
I guess I got to find full love for myself first. And I was like, what does that mean? What is the concept of that? I know poor Brian is still traveling the world trying to look for the pieces that are missing. No, well, that's not why I travel. I travel because I'm a complete balanced biotype and I do it just <laughs> as a cherry on top to the complete cake that I am. Go on, man. I always skinny, describe skinny, Brian skinny as a skinny cake. cake. Yeah. As a skinny cake today. <laughs> skeleton cake um yeah. <laughs> well yeah i'm where where brian was just talking about now okay so now i'm 25 and everyone's like self-love self-care da, 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 da. and that's like the other part of my question where i want to become marbles i just want to travel i want to isolate go away sit here and feed my birds and just everyone leave me alone but also <laughs> like i want to do that with the what's up ross what are we doing <laughs> i wrote this song for you you can't do it alone you can't do it alone ask for help ask for help ask for support okay so this is mm-hmm. one thing that i've okay, been cool. learning God's a, part, name. a part of me just died are you doing <laughs> well <laughs> i support dancing. the one direction episode and i don't no, know and you like what happened there this? no <laughs> This is, Rodrigo, I, I want you to jump in here and, and correct me if you disagree with this, but so this I disagree. Past, thank you. Uh, <laughs> now I have freedom to not care what you say. Um, but, <laughs> no, but, but this is, this is the thing that I've, I've really been looking at our, our culture and our world and, and how I participate in it. So I, this past weekend, like I said, like I was in tremendous amount of pain and there was in my mind, n- no one there for me. But what I needed to do was have the vulnerability to reach out and call people and ask them to come be there for me. And in the vulnerability of it, I didn't have to, quote, do it all myself, which I think a lot of people try to do. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people are like, well, I need to be whole, complete, individualistic. I need to do this myself. But in my vulnerability of, no, like, I, I need someone to, like, come over and help me because... I was laid up on the couch. Like I, I, I literally like, I, I couldn't do the stuff that I needed to take care of me. And I, I called some people and, and like my, man, I'm not going to put my parents on blast a little bit, but my parents had a vacation plan. They couldn't come down and take care of me. So I wound up actually calling my friend Tanya, our, our former publicist to, to come. And she, she came over and she just helped take care of me. Like while I, I was in Tanya this pain. So much. And it was like, it was insane how much better I felt afterwards. But in that vulnerability of opening up and asking people, which I think is so difficult for false fires, because any form of vulnerability, like based on definition of what we know false fires to be, is perceived as weakness. And to be perceived as weak is like surrendering, giving up in like the worst way. But to to do it from a powerful place, I, 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 because I wasn't like, oh, poor me, I need help. I felt like I asked very powerfully of like, I'm laid up, like, and I'm, could you please come over and, and, and help me? And people are dying to give. You just have to find the right people that are in a place where they can give. So, A, thank you very much, Tanya. Let me say that. We but, love you, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> but, Denia, I, I, I brought that up because when you talk about, like, you're 25, like, I think the answer is in vulnerability. And even when talking about what's going on with this sanguine, to say vulnerably, here's what's going on with me. And, and it's not personal is such a, uh, I, here's what happened also. Cause that day he called me abusive. It triggered me. It snapped on me. So like, yeah, it all came out and you know, typical fake fire, excuse me, false fire explosion. So we've been cool since then. Cause I think he was just glad he got the information that came out of that explosion, but it, 
to the point of vulnerability, I agree with that too, because I think in addition to me being so tired, it's like also work. Like I know that they are seeing that I'm taking to it faster than he is. I'm the only full-time one. I can do this. I can do that. I brought my sister on too. So there's a lot of weight on my shoulders here. Like they rely on me very heavily here. And there's a lot of events going on in the next couple of weekends that uh, I'm not going to say I'm leading, but they put a lot of responsibility on me for it too. And I'm just exhausted because it's more service. It's more like teacher where you get to be there for other people. And I've been doing that for my entire, I guess, professional career. So yeah, about six, seven years, I've just been doing that nonstop. So I finally asked for a break and they're just like, hmm, okay, we'll think about it. But for now, here's more work. So I'm getting just more fed up with work in general, which is where I want to go away. Whereas like, are they actually supporting me when I'm asking for the help? Or is this where I need to be patient? Am I not asking in the right way? Is just this environment not cool? It's not that you're asking the wrong way. But this is a really mm -hmm. important milestone in, in your whole journey. Oh, good. <laughs> False fires built themselves in a way to withstand everything and, and to be mm -hmm. able to be the most individualistic human being that has every answer, that has everything that's needed and that never needs to rely on anyone. They usually burn out at some point, just like sanguines. Um, but the important part of this is it sounds like you've understood that there that there is the need for a space for you to care for yourself, but you haven't mm -hmm. built a life that understands it. So what you're experiencing right now is a life that was trained by the old you, because this oh, is how you fuck. treated your emotions. <laughs> this is how you treated this space within yourself. And now that you want to address it, you're facing a life that you built from your old self that never took time for you. Oh, wow. I'm exhausted, bro. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I know how it works. I've been there. Yeah. Congratulations on admitting it. It's a, that's what I mean. It's it's exhausting. Yep. So in Ross, like, I'm on the verge of tears probably 97% of the then time. Cry. I am then cry. <laughs> Is this true yeah. for a lot of wrong waters that you're they're on the verge of tears? <laughs> but they, yes. They just don't. Yes. In fact, the whole rant that we just heard from Dania saying, like, I cannot take it anymore. And if anyone looks at me the wrong way right now, that that's like every morning in a, in a wrong water's life. It's I woke up like that and I did a tarot yeah. card pull to get myself to work today. <laughs> When's the last time that you that you cried and not like because you this broke morning. down? but <laughs> Oh, really? You cried this morning? This morning. Did I was just not in front of anyone. That's the thing. In front of my cat. <gasps> Is that, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say this, say this more because like I, I had this thing the other day where like I was on a Zoom call with somebody and I cried. It took me two minutes and then I felt incredibly better. Yeah. Yes. So is, a, is an important part of it being witnessed? Yeah. Mm-mm. Is it? Oh, for me? Wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm wondering just, just for, for processing emotions. More than being witness is being acknowledged by another human being that gives you a little bit of comfort or feedback makes it completely different. Because if oh. not, you're, you're in the same loop in your head and you're crying out of frustration, not release. That's oh, the difference. Yes, yes. I, yes. Yeah, I have something. Yeah. Go. <laughs> the opposite's true if you cry. I mean, this is a, I, I had a big fight we kind of talked about it with someone a couple months ago and i cried and she was so she shut down my tears 
She was like, how dare you cry right now? And that was Mm. like, it was so upset. I didn't know what, I felt terrible for the next seven hours. I was like shaking. It means that this human being comes from a context in which emotions have been used in a manipulative way. And right. then when you started crying, they felt like it was a trump card that they can't address anymore. And like you won by default. Yeah, I guess so. It was yeah. terrible. Terrible. Um, well, what, I, I don't feel that way. <laughs> it's so funny what Dania just did when I said I cried. She was like, oh, which is like so <laughs> wrong water. Because like if you, if, you meet, if you meet a melancholic who's like, yeah, whatever, I'm like this. And you show them like a photo of a dog, they'll be like, yeah, cute dog. And then you'll meet a false fire and they'll be like, also like, I'm tough and whatever. And you'll show them a photo of a dog and they'll be like, oh, look at that cute puppy. And it's like, wait, what? You showed me the, it's it, why before I knew biotypes, I was so confused by your biotype, Dania. Because I'd see like this tough exterior and then you'd get way more emotional and like vulnerable than me in certain moments. They'd be like, what? But you showed, I thought you were tough. Why are, like you bounce from two ends of the spectrum on either side yes. of where I am, and I'd be like, "Whoa, what's happening here?" Do you want Do you want to know false fire is as uh, like kryptonite? Okay, babies. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> yes, I love them. Yes, it's like the a different Dania shows up. Tiny everything is. I love baby. <laughs> the sounds they make, they're just always messy and you know disgusting and full of joy. Why? Yeah, they're all right. the reason false fires and well phlegmatics in general but but you can see the switch in false fires a lot and the reason they love babies is because we all love babies because they're free from being used by our ego as being mean or able to hurt you so they have a free pass when it comes to your beliefs and how you can show up for other human beings non-judgmental baby so dania Yes. I know we I know we didn't directly answer that question, but I'm I'm trying to, to use our <laughs> fragile thread to tie this into Jess's question. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're fortunate that we know so much about you because yeah. you've been mm-hmm. on this podcast so many times. And the answer to your conundrum actually lies in your friend Jazz. I was just talking to her last Jazz. night. Jazz. We love Jazz. Yeah, but not talking like you need to you need to be with her. Yeah. Like it's not just like a presence. phone call. Can you can you get together with her or have a space where like it's just like Translation, she gets let her yeah. care for you. That thank you. That's exactly it. That was the break that I was asking for. Literally, I had I was like the week after our showcase is um November. So I was like, give me like those weeks leading up to Thanksgiving to just take a break. And I've never been anywhere. I've never been to Texas. I've got some sky miles. I was like Jazz, if you come picking up from the airport, can I stay with you for a week? She's like, yeah, just tell me when to pick you up from the airport. And I'm like, great. And I just need them to tell me, yes, take your break and go. And I don't have, I feel like I don't have that permission yet because they haven't said, yeah, you deserve the break. Go ahead and go. I feel like I'm still chained to work. Dania, will you sign up for one of the private coaching sessions with Rodrigo? Like, like this can get fixed in like... 30 minutes, not even. And, and we've got one of the, the discount sessions available in October or something like that. We could, yeah. I won't reveal who's sending me messages, but I have a few messages that I've been getting privately saying, when is Ania starting PYP? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because they love you. And that's a way of caring oh, for nice. you. That's nice. That's I cool. love the switch. That's uh, um, that's a who's who. 
I know you said you're not gonna, but what? <laughs> that makes me a little uncomfortable. People that love you. So, Male, so actually, other, other BYB grads that have felt like you before. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I can handle that. <laughs> so, so Dania's initial question of how do you know if your environment is not supporting you or you're not supporting your environment? We, we kind of dove into this a little bit, which, which the answer then lies within you being really honest with yourself of are you living in reaction or action? Um, where it, it sounds like, I mean, like, I don't know enough about like the structure of your work to find out if that's supportive or non-supportive, but I think in terms of diving into the situation with the sanguine, that's a case of you not feeling support. So therefore you not supporting your environment. I want to invite Jess, are you in a space where you can come on? Because I, tying this into Jess's question, she says, even though she goes, she knows her answer deep down, I feel like some people won't, which is essentially through her growth journey, she feels like her family is not supportive of this person that she's, she's turning into. And I, I, this is such a common thing that it would be, we'd be remiss not to address the betrayal. This on the podcast. Yes. Rodrigo says there's no growth without... Oh, where did you get that from, Ro? Because we keep Bert, accrediting. Bert Hallinger said it. It's Bert Hallinger. It's a systemic psychology principle. It's either Bert Hallinger or some old Mexican phrase he's uh, translated <laughs> into English. That's the two places Rodrigo gets things from. We're Now we're sorry to Mexican phlegmatics. Now we're sorry to Catholics. We're sorry to sanguins all over the world. Yes, to yes. wrong waters. And finally, we're, we're sorry to, for all people that love Mexican sex. Yeah, and also babies. I said you guys were okay earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right, Some of you just are okay. Well, whatever. We'll talk about babies later. Um, Aren't you kind of a baby a little bit? <laughs> um, yeah, I said self-hate. No, I have a big yeah. beard. Um, I can't be. Um, right, I live life obviously like, the difference. like an alpha male, I guess, is what people normally uh, describe me as. What the hell is happening to this podcast again? <laughs> Do you get that a lot? I, I think most people call me alpha male uh, when they walk down the street. Like, that guy's probably the leader of the pack. Yeah, That guy the, listening to musicals on his headphones and lip syncing down the street? Yeah, that's the alpha male. Ever since kindergarten, they call them wild alpha male. <laughs> Uh, big baby. Yes. No, I, I think babies are great. I'm, I love talking to those dudes. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, Je I don't I didn't see if Jess said, oh, she said, give me a second to come on. In the meantime, I'm, I'm going to read an excerpt from her tome that she wrote in this whole thing. But, um, I, I'm honestly, I don't know which part of this to read and which part not to. So maybe we'll come on in the meantime, we'll, we'll kind of give a little bit more of a vague overview of Roe when you are entering into a growth phase, when you are, mm. you know, I like to call it reconnecting with your authentic self and, and having the courage to stand authentically in who you are and people around you are saying, this isn't you, or we don't like this side of you. What would you, what would you say to someone like that, that does not feel supported in their growth by their environment? Oh God. Well, first it depends on what biotype they are. Because there's biotypes like melancholics that wouldn't even notice if they're being supported by the environment or not. Mm. Um, there's people like sanguins that pay too much attention and many phlegmatics that pay too much attention to what other people think they should be. Um, honestly, what I would start asking is questions about who this person is and how they're transforming just to make sure that they're on the right track. The problem is that growth doesn't give you certainty. We're never 100% 
confident that the growth that we're creating and the steps that we're taking are bringing us in the right direction. So I guess it's, I guess the importance in, in that specific part of growth is humility, having the ability to understand that your truth is not the absolute truth and what other people are telling you might be based on the old journey of how this relationship used to work and you are betraying certain things. But if you really understand your growth, then you'll be able to split hairs a little bit and understand why people feel the way they are, but how this has nothing to do with your actual growth. If you can see the whole picture and understand other people's reactions, then, then you're on the right track. I would also recommend the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, yes. What's that about? Who Moved My Cheese? Um, you should adapt this into a film, Brian. Who Moved My Cheese? is It's almost okay. like a children's book. It's about these two mice, Hem and Haw or something like that. I feel like there, there's other things. But but anyway, like they they are they go into a maze. They go into their maze and they find a room that's like full of cheese. And uh, one of them gets real comfortable in this room full of cheese. And the other is like, this is, you know, impermanent. And, and continues to go back out into the maze to kind of like explore to see what else is out there, always returning back to that room. And then when eventually they eat all of the cheese in that room, that one mouse that just got really comfortable and was like, well, no, we're, we live like kings here. Why would, why would we ever leave? Is like, who moved my cheese? Like, where was all my cheese? It's, it's not here anymore. And the mouse that had been practicing going back out into the maze was like, okay, cool. Well, I know of like six other rooms with cheese. So I'm going to go, you know, over to one of those rooms and, and kind of be over in there. Whereas the one that just stayed comfortable was so scared to go back out into this maze because he was out of practice. Of, of going out and exploring it. Um, so, I mean, I the can give you a yeah. human adaptation of that because we even have an exercise about that book. Great. Yeah. Um, like that, that was a great explanation, but the, the way we adapt it to, to human beings is like this, is there's two types of human beings. There are the human beings that are based on the result. And then if they have eight places to look for something and they go in one place and don't find it, then they'll choose a new mechanism. They'll choose a new way. They'll choose a new path in order to get their cheese because their dream and their, like their cheese in this case is the most important thing. Not how they look, not, not their fears, not their beliefs, not what other people think, etc., etc. And then there's people that find their cheese and then immediately decide that this is the truth about life. This is how it should work. Cheese should, cheese should, should always be here and my dreams should always work like this. The problem is one day you wake up, you do the exact same thing that you did in the past that worked beautifully and created success. And the success isn't in that journey anymore. Like when your industry changes when when something that you used to do is not necessary anymore, when the, the, the way relationships are working around you is not the same and the tools that you used to use are not the ones that you need anymore. There's two types of people, the people that will stand up and create a completely new way of finding their dreams and their cheese. And there's people that will just start complaining and blaming the world and blaming how they should have uh, done something different they, they should have never believed this human being. They should have never put themselves in this situation, but they're a victim and they're suffering. And now it's not about their dreams. Now it's about how do I justify the fact that I don't have the dream and who do I blame? Yeah, I see that a lot in my industry. Yeah, yep. my friend Andrew came up with a name for people that like get in your way or like change the game on you. He calls them cheese movers. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all on board with calling people cheese movers. So Jess, you, you are in a space where you're ready to come on? Come on, Jess. Come on. 
Come on. We apologize to all Southern people. Uh, those are not what your accent sounds like. Um, Jess, did we answer your question sufficiently, or is there more to it that you feel like is still kind of sitting with you? Hi, Jess. Hi, Hi Jess. No, I feel like even from our earlier discussion with Dania, it kind of got answered too with uh, the place of like when we're not taking care of ourselves enough. And then that's when we have that breaking point with others. That threshold is uh, much smaller, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think we've answered it. I, I'm, I think I spent like an hour just like going through my whole thoughts, writing this down last, last night. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I'm just looking at it again. Every time we see Jess, I, I just look at her and go like, I wish I had that much hair. <laughs> oh my God, it keeps going. Rapunzel. There's like another head. People ask all the time how, how heavy it is if I have like neck pain and stuff. But I mean, it's been a gradual process, so I don't really notice so too much. you just much. have a really oh, strong neck. Yes. You're going to feel it when you cut it off, if you ever do. Yeah. If but I, when if you do, I you're going to feel like your head floats. <laughs> it looks like you're hiding Voldemort on the back of your head, like <laughs> Professor Quirrell. <laughs> we don't say his name. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hiding Mr. Wrongwater himself. Uh, Tom I'm Riddle. sorry for all the Harry Potter fans that are deeply <laughs> offended because of <laughs> um, Where? What are we talking about? <laughs> this I think, I, oh my God. They're so loose today. We can go through the whole thing if you want. We don't have to, but it's mainly the last part, I think. I want to make sure that, yeah, give us the, the truncated version just because I, I, I want to make sure. We have so many questions today. I'm doing my best to get to all that were submitted. And we're moving so, so slow. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in short, I guess my ultimate question, I guess, would be, is there even a way to support um, like the overall system of an individual through the end, like while also supporting the individual's growth journey um, or does that, or does the betrayal with that said growth um, just need to be fully felt in order for true healing of the whole mm, system? That's a great question. Wow. Like, like how do you support, support both the individual in their growth journey yet also not destroy the rest of the system in their experience of the betrayal? Answer this generally, wow. and then I have more That's specific questions. That's a pretty amazing question. Yeah. Yes, it is, and a very insightful one. Okay, let's let's break it down a little bit. So the first part, no, you don't need to feel the depth of the betrayal because you're not betraying anything real in the relationship. The only thing that you're betraying is the logic of how this relationship used to work and the reactions that people are supposed to have around you. In fact, if you're growing, you don't feel the betrayal at all. You just feel the transformation. The people around you will. But those people don't need to feel the betrayal. They just need to understand that this is not personal. This is nothing to do with how much you care for them. This is nothing to do with what you feel for them. But there will be an, a, a little space of retraining the relationship and how it's going to work from now on. It's understanding that I'm still here for you. I'm just going to be here in a different way. And I still love you. I'm just going to start showing my love in a different way, but I'm still here. And me not reacting to certain things doesn't mean that I don't care about you anymore. The problem with the people around us and them experiencing this betrayal is that for most people, it just feels like it's over. Because for most people, relationships don't change. As soon as someone wants to evolve, the relationship is over. 
So it's it's actually more about the maturity and wisdom of the people around you and knowing that relationships transform. If you've had a friend for more than 10 years, you know that your friendship has changed. And it, it got to adapt again. Like when my best friend, when I was six, and my best friend moved to a different city, that was a betrayal. And that completely changed their relationship. We used to have like lunch together every day at school. And we used to spend weekends at each other's house. That was a betrayal. And there was a new understanding in the relationship. That's the only reason we're still friends. Like now he lives in Germany. We speak every six months. Uh, we try and see each other every time we travel. But that, like that was a betrayal and things change. So no, you don't need to feel the betrayal in a dramatic way. Just understand that relationships are deeper than that. And you get to be retrained in, in how this whole relationship is going to work. Now, on the other side, when it comes to how to support people... Um, let, let me see if I understand the question properly, which is how do I support people while not getting in the way of their growth? Uh, is that what you're asking? No, no. Uh, I guess like going back to like, there's no growth without betrayal. So like the, the one going through like that's growing, then the, the rest of the system feels that kind of shift and, and sees it as betrayal. Um, being able to, I guess, support the individual as... Like, how do you support the individual even when you're being betrayed in this, like, whole system thing? No, I feel like yeah. she's asking, how do I continue to play my role in the system even while I'm trying to leave it? Is that what you're asking? Oh. <laughs> how do I continue to take care of the people that have come to rely on me even when I'm leaving and becoming an individual? Oh, well, that's rough. Yeah, and and... It's it's a bit of a, a con um, yeah you can't yeah you can't I feel like you just have to tell them like this is what's happening with me this is what I'm doing I still like am here to support you in the ways that I know the best I can I would hope that you're here for me and along for this ride the way I'm going on it I know things are changing but um, I promise you it's for the better and I have everyone's best intentions in mind especially my own are you parentalized. Um, maybe she has a to be. She has to be if she's asking this question. I mean, like the, mm. that. That's the assumption I'm making here is that this is a conversation yeah. that you're looking to have with your your parents specifically. Yeah. Am I off this base is, on that? Uh, I mean, we've not really gone too much in depth into it, but uh, Rose mentioned I'm at least a little bit parentalized. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is what I'm going to give you. I think I carry the pattern, though. I think you do. That, 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 that I feel like we've known for a while. Uh, the <laughs> oh. parentalized thing is the one that's, that's a little bit up in the air. The amount of stress, pain, and rough situations that you can put yourself through is, is something that only someone that carries a pattern can live like that. So that, that is true. Um, but there's no way to create something new if you're afraid of losing what you have right now. And I'm not, I don't mean it as just a catchphrase. Like you have two hands and you cannot create your future without one of them. And one of the biggest mistakes that people do is they're so afraid of betraying their present that they don't want to let go of the present in order to start building with the other hand their future. And then all you will do is that you'll fail at both. 
You'll, you'll feel like your system is still demanding things from you and very resentful of how you're just giving them a percentage of who you are. And you'll realize that you'll fail at your dreams and the new life that you're building because you're not giving your full attention. You're either 100% in it or you're not. And if you're going to take the step, the step, I'm sorry to say it like this, but get ready for the price of betrayal instead of just paying little by little for the how painful it feels to betray just a small percentage of the system a little like a little bit at, at a time like let go for real and be ready to pay the price mm. yeah that's why I mean, we create the phrase there is no growth without betrayal for people to know that it's going to feel like that i feel like my like pure existence has been kind of like that feeling of what you just said, like kind of like just being pulled yeah. in two different directions. That's how it feels where you're in the pattern because you're giving to a whole system while trying to create an individual life in the journey. And it's impossible. No one can, but Hey, we try until we hurt ourselves. We try. Yeah. Now the question is, Oh, and I love the way Sony is, is actually putting it. Are you willing to, forgo your future in order not to feel like you betrayed your present Ooh, okay that's some deep stuff yeah stick with that and, and <laughs> this is really making me think and i have a question for our listening audience and for our patrons as well but if we were to create some sort of a subscription where for 50 dollars a month you guys could have like a, a non-recorded published version of an opportunity to like sit and have a, a, a not necessarily a group session with Rodrigo, but like he would give like a monthly workshop with a, a $50 a month subscription or something around those. Is that, is that something that you guys would be interested in for us to build? I would. Oh <laughs> yeah. But, but that's so, okay. Sonny's saying yes. So, so it would just be, we'd create some sort of a monthly thing where it would be again, not public for, for public consumption, but because these are real questions that, that you're asking. And A, yeah. I, I greatly appreciate that you're willing to talk about this publicly on the podcast because it absolutely helps people. But um, this would be something that, that maybe we can build that would be like a, a subscription workshop where like maybe like three hours once a month. That would be so cool. I mean, yeah. if we did it, like I, my schedule is crazy, but if we did it on weekends... Yeah, that would be so cool because we would find an hour of that, like a time that works for everybody, and we wouldn't be rushed with anything. I think it would be more important that it's a time that works for you. <laughs> yes, because I never have weekends. You're yeah. right about that. But <laughs> but, you know. but and I, I'm I'm I, I merely bring this up to see if this is of interest. Just seeing what 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 there's demand for and what we can kind of create, especially as this world gets a little bit more chaotic. Um, it wouldn't be one-on-one, -on -one, not people would not necessarily get to like get deeply facilitated, but it would be a space in which Rodrigo can kind of like say like, here's the temperature of the group and I'm going to do a three hour workshop with these people. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Jess. I hope that. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. It's a lot to think about. Absolutely. Thanks. Brian, you've got to go in eight minutes. Do you want to ask yes. another question or offend another group of people? Can I just say something? Do you want to know what I love about Jess? Is that every time she's on, she always brings this ridiculous level of depth about her thoughts and her yes. breakthroughs. And it's always like a space that most people have never even visited. That's where she lives. Now, that was a next level question. That was yeah. like a, that was really, I got to think about that one for a bit. Yeah. 
Beautiful. What did you uh, ask me, Ross? <laughs> um, do you like you, One Direction? Did you yes, wanna, yeah. uh, let's see. What's the best albums, right? I, um, I have a real question. Did, did Harry Styles spit or not at that guy? He did not. I saw it from a different angle. On the Chris Pine, on, on Chris Pine at the uh, uh, whatever panel that they were doing. <laughs> if you see because it from the from other One angle. Direction, and everybody hates One Direction, so I would spit at people. Everybody hates like One Direction. I, I'm not <laughs> sure if you've seen how people respond to One Direction. I just want to apologize to all One Direction fans. <laughs> Specifically all the members of One Direction. Yeah. Niall, Louie, Harry. Especially all the wrong water hey. fans. Of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Am I forgetting? Scooge. Scooge. Yeah. No, I love Scooge. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is Scooge? He's, he's yeah. the sexiest member of One Direction. Yeah. Scooge. He's nine feet tall. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a sharp goatee and black yeah. eyes. And, and feathers. <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about? Scooge! <laughs> the black-eyed, feathered, goatee, nine-foot-tall One Direction member. What are you talking about? I am so going to Google this right now. Shout out to all my Scooge heads out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but don't anger him. Parents. Don't anger Scooge. No, no. how do you yeah. spell Scooge? C O O O O O O O. No, there's 50 O's. Okay. The purest spell of 50 O's. Well, if he gets angry, if you don't, he gets angry. Oh man, you don't want to get angry. You do not want to upset. Scooge gets angry. Oh man. Yeah. There is no Scooge in One Direction. You liars. You just Googled Scooge One Direction. I know nothing about this band. You like, think if nothing. there was a bunch of hot teenage boys and one was named Scooge, the manager wouldn't be like, we got to fucking change this. Your name is not going to be Scooge. What are you talking about? They, uh, they, they would change they, it. They would just call him Scoo or something. Yeah, exactly. So clearly there's no Scooge. Scoogee. Uh, Dan Purcell would have him double down. Yeah, actually, that might be cool. Yeah. If you're a really hot guy named Scooge, keep it going. Let's no, see if we no, can no. make it work. I like it's like four hot guys and one nine foot tall, foot tall bird. Yeah. With a black eyes named Scooge. Yeah, everyone's like, is Scooge a bird? And he's like, like, you're getting him angry. You're getting him angry. Yeah, I just think he's a bird. I think he's a giant bird. Uh, look at. He's flying away. You made him fly away. Look, yeah, like a are, bird. We Don't are say not that. answering questions about Scooge. Are there any other questions? How tall is Scooge? Okay. Nine feet tall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. How much is nine feet it. in meters? Uh, like almost like th less than three. Three and two and 2.8. I'm not sure. No, no, no. I, I think you're thinking yards. How much is nine? Well, yards is three meters. feet a yard, right? Yeah, but he said meters. How much is nine feet in meters? The answer is 2.74 meters. Oh, that's so, so close. close. Brian. All right. <laughs> hey, it's 2.74 meters. It's Scooge. Um, <laughs> nine feet, you know, 2.74 meters. <laughs> all right. Well, Brian, Brian, you could take off. We'll take, we'll take one more question. Um, okay. Hey, oh, yeah. I feel bad. Miss, I mean, it's 11 I know. I know you're the worst marbles. What do you have go. going on? Can you tell everybody what you got going on? I'm going to Vegas for a few days. Oh, that, but, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to go to Vegas and hang out and play some blackjack and probably see David Blaine's new show. <gasps> oh, so, that is so cool. He's starting a, uh, a residency there and it starts this weekend. So it's like perfect. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just in Vegas uh, like a couple of months ago. I really enjoyed it. And it's like COVID didn't happen there. They you know where else COVID didn't happen? It. Fucking what? Europe, man. Europe. Oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even think about it for a month and a half. I because in Europe, it was it. terrible. Like, 
Dude, in Spain, they would charge you 500 euros for like walking down the street uh, without being able to explain where you were going. Or if you had someone in your car without a face mask that didn't have the same legal address that you have, 500 euros of, of like, like you couldn't get out of your house. It was terrible. Wow. But, but at some point they said, okay, it's over, which yeah. is something that we haven't done on the, the other side of the, of the ocean. In Edinburgh, I was like, everyone's gonna get it week two. It's like there's two, there's four thousand shows. There's so many tens of thousands of people. Everyone, it's like gonna be a nice experiment. Everything's gonna shut down second week. I didn't know a single person that got it. I didn't even hear of anyone getting it. It was insane. It made no sense. Look, but Igor um, is telling you, telling us in France, COVID was only terrible for the first wave. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Anyway, um, COVID's not real. It's never been real. Um, it's <laughs> you, can, you can fact check that. Um, <laughs> We're Win. sorry to everybody that lost someone from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> apologize to science. You can check that COVID wasn't real on the exact same site where you can check that eagles are smashing their, their people off. into yeah. horses. All right. Yeah. Um, they're all at facts.rgp's little buddies.biz. All right. I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> My brain's dying. Yeah. yeah. It's that biz now. Cheaper, cheaper domain. All right. Um, love I, you, Brian. Love you guys too. I'll see you I soon. I love you, Brian. Have all right. Great one. Bye. All right, Ro, we've got a biz. Dot biz. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple options for questions. Ready? This is the last one, right? Yes, the final Thank one. Do you, <laughs> deep questions. <laughs> Thank deep God. Questions. Thank God. I mean, today's questions have been tough, my friend. They really have been. Yeah. Um, okay, do you want a question about uh, one partner in a relationship who's committed to their growth and self-work and the dynamics changing there? Hmm. Do you want a question about decision fatigue or do you want a question about um, core beliefs? Oh, core beliefs, always. Okay, Sonny, you win, my friend. <laughs> Sanguins. <laughs> I've noticed that having the core belief of I'm not important, I don't matter. I can do things for others and give so much of myself to prove that I matter, but never do anything for me and find it hard to find motivation to do things for myself. Can I get a solution on how to fix this long term? Oh, yes. I, I, I love this question. Okay, first, if for any reason you have a core belief about you not being worthy and you not being the most powerful, amazing thing in your life, um, first, um, work on that relationship with your mom. Because if, if you don't feel like you're worthy, that means that you never really allowed your mom's energy to, to be received in a healthy, beautiful way. <laughs> he says, ideas me, oh no. <laughs> so yes, what that means is that you get to heal the relationship with mom. Um, so that's the first one. And, and then on the other side is, this is 100% behavioral. And the problem is that when you've gotten used to not putting yourself as a priority, putting yourself as a priority will make you feel selfish, narcissistic, and mean to other human beings. And the problem with that is that when you're feeling like that, you start sourcing people around you that will validate that read, that will validate that image that you think you're building for the world. You better get used to feeling a little bit selfish. I, I, I even tell people, that have beliefs similar to this one. I constantly tell them you need to find a way to be selfishly, like to be healthy in a selfish way, like to be selfish in a healthy way. 
um, because there is a level of selfishness that's necessary. It's like what we were talking about before. If you're not taking care of yourself, you don't have the bandwidth to take care of others and you'll just snap at them. Ross explained it beautifully before. And you, you get to be able to feel a little bit selfish. I'll, I'll give you an example. Many of the things that I do uh, for myself, even though I, 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 I don't have negative beliefs about my worth, but I do have negative beliefs about how I'm seen by others. And doing things like buying Nerf guns to play with children in the yard. Uh, sometimes I feel like, why am I spending money on this? This is stupid. I'm a grown up. I'm almost 40 years old. What the hell am I doing? Um, but because I know that this is an important part of me and that keeping this childlike attitude towards life has saved my life in many different ways and, and being naive and loving and open is something that I really value in me, then it feels like I'm being selfish because I'm constructing something. But if you're not clear of what you're building and what you're constructing with the selfishness, then it's not healthy. And, and anyone calling you selfish or narcissistic will have enough power for you to believe them. So it's about the attention on what you're building and knowing that being selfish in a healthy way is an important part of taking care of yourself. And then behaviorally, you'll have enough evidence of what happens when you take time on your own to work on yourself and how that impacts the world and the people that you usually give to and that you usually love. And that will make it absolutely normal, regular, and something that you actually deserve. You knocked that one out so quickly, we're going to do another one. <laughs> that was so good. That was okay. so good. You're going to like this one. Do you think it's possible, or maybe I'm going to like this one. Do you think it's possible, this one's from Kim, do you think it's possible for a relationship to continue when one person is changing through self-work? Doesn't that change the dynamics of the agreement you both made about why you were attracted in the first place? Oh, God. I hate that question. Why? Really? Okay. Okay. Well... If you want to hear the answer to this question that Rodrigo hates, go to patreon.com slash RGP development. You can get access to full versions of our podcast and come join us live. Oh, and also come join us live in person, Santa Monica. So go ahead and click that link down in our show notes and come meet us in person. We'd love to see you there. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Want more Biotypical? Well, good news. There's a longer version of this episode available at patreon.com slash RGP development. There, you'll also be able to find ways to get on the podcast yourself, ask questions, as well as watch a live taping remotely. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and subscribing. Remember to rate this five stars wherever you're listening to it, and we'll see you next time.